Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville. And just a reminder, as always, if you like this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to it. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Please go ahead and give us a rating or a review so that more people can see it. Uh, Make sure that you download episodes. If that helps you, do anything that you can to help this podcast to grow. I'm really excited about uh, the feedback that I'm getting from it. I'm constantly um, even having people that I've not met before reach out to me because of the podcast, and I appreciate you guys doing your part in helping to get it out there. And as always, as well, all of my contact information is the show notes is in the show notes should you need to reach out to me for any reason. My email address, my phone number, text me, call me, email me, whatever you need to do. I'm looking out for all of those things. Now, I'm excited today about this episode because those of you that know me well know that I'm uh, really into politics. I enjoy politics. Um, I am not necessarily on one side or the other. I just kind of enjoy the sport of politics. Um, and this is a, a day and age in which it's, it's a very ugly sport. Um, but that being said, we have some elections coming up that are really important. And I am of the conviction that oftentimes some of the most important elections are the ones that you hear the least about. It's your local elections. It's your county councils, your city councils, your sheriffs. Those are the people, you know, if someone breaks into your house, you don't call President Trump to do something about it. You call the sheriff. You call the police. These are the people that have the most direct impact on you. But we spend so much time focusing about uh, focusing on the people in Washington. Um, I'm going to touch on the people in Washington, but I really want to spend the bulk of our time talking about the people right here in Greenville. And, and I have met um, either via Zoom or in person, many of the people that are going to be on the ballots this year in Greenville. And so I can speak from, uh, from firsthand experience, also from some uh, from book knowledge, you know, having researched a lot of these candidates as well. Um, but I, I feel like I have an opinion that is, for the most part, informed. And for some of these candidates that I don't have a very informed opinion on, um, I'm just going to be honest, and a lot of these races I'm just going to skip over because I, I don't have time to research every single one of them, and I don't want to give an uninformed opinion. But I want to talk a lot about um, county council, a lot about our uh, our South Carolina government, and then we'll also talk uh, about what's happening in the, the broader U.S. elections as well. And we're going to go at a, at a hopefully a good pace here. I don't want to spend a lot of time on any one person here. Um, but if we start with county council, I want to start with this. Um, first off, I am on the Realtor Political Action Committee here in Greenville. And as a result, I interviewed a lot of county council people, a lot of other people as well, um, as part of being on that committee. My opinions do not necessarily reflect that of the Realtor Political Action Committee, okay? Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that maybe the committee as a whole agrees with or, or that the committee as a whole has to put out there. Um, and there's some, some politics that goes on behind closed doors as well. Sometimes the Realtor Political Action Committee has to endorse people 
uh, I say has to, or, or it, there are people that feel like the committee has to endorse people that maybe aren't necessarily uh, completely in line with the RPAC's agenda, but at the same time, they're almost certainly going to win, and we need them, uh, you know, at least to uh, feel like we're on their side, and and at least to have an open door with them to some extent. And so there are some candidates that have been supported by by RPAC that if they weren't almost certainly going to win, RPAC may not have supported them. Unfortunately, that's just politics. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but that is the way a lot of this goes down. But my opinions on these political candidates do not reflect RPAC. They do not repl- reflect the brokerage that I'm with, C. Dan Joyner Realtors or Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. These are my personal Stan McCune opinions. And don't take it any further than that, please. Um, all right. So I'm just going to go down here, these different, uh, these different candidates in these different districts, and I'll talk about the ones that I know about, and then it's up to you to look at what your ballot is. By the way, you can just uh, Google uh, view sample ballot, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, something like that, and you can actually pull up, there's a website where you can pull up, if you just put in your name um, and, and another piece of information there where you can actually see what your ballot is going to look like and what names are going to be on there. It's a very useful resource. Just Google uh, sample sample ballot Greenville, South Carolina, or sample ballot uh, Greer, South Carolina, whatever the case may be, wherever you are, and you can pull that up and see exactly who's going to be on your ballot, who you'll be voting for. I'm not going to outline what each of these districts cover. That would be a ton of work and take a lot of time. So I'm just going to say the district. It's going to be on you to figure out what district uh, you're represented by. So we have county council election in District 20, this is Steve Shaw, Republican, versus Ferris Steele Johnson. Now, I could be wrong, but I believe that Ferris Steele Johnson did not uh, return requests to the Realtor Political Action Committee to be interviewed. So that's uh, that's unfortunate. Steve Shaw, however, was interviewed, and his interview was extremely Im- impressive. He has an extensive background in law, urban planning, uh, and real estate, multiple degrees, and and all of these things, um, and and yet, despite being extremely educated, he comes across as just a down to earth guy, not as a know it all, not someone who wants to come in and shake up things, say, hey, I've got a master's in urban planning, and I want to change how we do urban planning around here. Um, he didn't come across that way at all. Now, I I might have wanted uh, a few more specifics. I'm sure he has opinions that maybe he was holding back. Um, but it was impressive that he didn't come in uh, acting as if, you know, the county was completely screwing it up and he's going to change it all. It seemed like he wants to be able to to come in and bring his area of expe- expertise, but to, to do it humbly. Um, he focused on he wants the government to enable development, but not to push it. He wants the markets to decide what developments uh, needs to happen, and for the government to enable that, uh, which which I like. I, I think that, generally speaking, our markets here, particularly in real estate, um, they do, if they are allowed to by the government, they do meet, uh, you know, the demands that the market has. Um, he wants to uh, reasonably deregulate, make it 
easier for, for developing to happen, which is really important. One of the main things that, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, but one of the main things that uh, we have an issue with real estate-wise in Greenville is uh, housing affordability. And so uh, part of the reason why uh, housing affordability is going down is because as Greenville has gotten an identity, more regulation has crept up and it's become more and more difficult for developers to build houses. Um, he wants to make it easier for developers to build houses without uh, you know, completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater. At least that was the impression that I got. Um, he's very conservative across the board. I'm a, I'm a fan of Steve Shaw. If you're in District 20, um, I would recommend him uh, that you would vote for him. All right, Greenville County Council 22. This is my namesake, Stan uh, Suvalikas. I, I apologize. I'm sure I mispronounced that. He's the Republican running against Samantha Wallace. I was part of the interview for both of these people. Um, now, Stan is... He, he's th- these two candidates, by the way, they couldn't be more more opposite. Okay, um, Stan is he's very charismatic. I mean, he could talk forever. Very charismatic, very humble. Um, he has a background as a realtor. He understands we have affordable housing issues that need to be addressed. Um, but he doesn't come in with a big agenda. You can go on his website and see. You know, he's got like three things on there that to him are the core issues. Um, the impression that I get from him is that. Uh, he has deep roots in this community. His family has been here a long time, and he he just wants to be involved. He's got um, you know a background, like I said, in real estate. That his family has owned businesses in the area. He has uh, a, a lot of different uh, experiences, and and he just he knows a lot of people. He's very interconnected uh, in this area. And I didn't walk away from our interview with a ton of specifics, but I did walk away. Uh, with the impression that um, District 22 would be in good hands with Stan, he seems like he has a head on his shoulders that he can. He's connected enough that he can get stuff done. He understands the housing affordability issues, and I think uh, for me, honestly, that's one of the most important things for these uh, people in County Council to understand housing affordability. To under, you know, we brought up a lot our infrastructure with roads and sewer and and whatnot. Um, he seems to understand that I'm, you know, I wish he gave more specifics on how he was going to fix those things. But at the end of the day, um, at least he understands it. And it, he seems like he would be a good asset to the council. He's going up against Samantha Wallace, who um, really is about as opposite to him as possible. Um, Samantha, uh, in her own way, is charismatic, but she comes across more as a detail person, more of a number crunching, someone that, you know, during the interview, I think she was the maybe the only person we interviewed that actually took notes, which I was very impressed with. She seemed very interested. I I believe her um, scheduling the interview with her was actually somewhat difficult because it had to like go through her campaign manager and there was a a bunch of questions about how that would work out, et cetera, et cetera, um, if I remember correctly. Um, but she's from a really unique background as well. Um, I'll let you guys look that up. She co-founded the M. Judson Bookstore, really involved with a lot of uh, a lot of charities and nonprofits locally. Um, and I would just say this, and this is not necessarily a critique, um, but she seems really a lot more focused on the county as a whole than she does on her district. So if you're in District 22, um, that might be something to consider. 
Um, her website does now have a place where her district can like click and reach out to her. But in, in her interview, she wasn't, I, I tried to ask questions that were district uh, specific and really she constantly brought it back to the county. Um, she, uh, is very concerned about Greenville County growing too quickly, but I wouldn't necessarily say she has a plan for how to, how to avoid growing too quickly while also solving our housing affordability issue. You know, those two things tend to be at odds. If we're growing too quickly, but we also have housing affordability issues, how do you solve those two things at once? Um, she seems to, to, uh, recognize that, there are these two issues, but uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, how she plans to solve them. A lot of her agenda, to me, seems like it might be at odds with housing affordability. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about that. I feel much more comfortable recommending Stan, uh, not just because of his name, uh, but just in general. I think um, that he will, uh, will be a better asset to the community. Uh, that said, Samantha... Uh, was impressive in in many different ways. Um, County Council 24, this is Liz Seaman, Republican versus Amanda uh, Amanda Scott. Uh, her, she has her uh, her maiden name in there, Amanda McDougald, I guess, Scott. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, she's the Democrat versus Liz Seaman, the Republican. Uh, Liz is also an incumbent here. And um, Liz uh, has been on the board for a really long time, I believe around or maybe more than 10 years. Um, she's very experienced and clearly very respected on the council, very impressive breadth of knowledge um, with all the answers that she gave. She clearly has uh, experience. Um, she clearly knows what she's talking about. She comes across more as a, as a big picture person. She didn't really uh, li like to answer questions that were really specific. Um, she liked to give more big picture answers. Perhaps that's uh, because she's learned not to be super specific because one person on, on the council can only do so much. Um, but like I said, she clearly has the respect of the council. Um, there are, uh, you know, uh, there's kind of an expectation that at some point she might be the chairperson on the council. Um, and she clearly has her pulse on the issues um, while also being realistic on what she can accomplish. Um, Amanda Scott, um, she, uh, since our interview, interestingly, she has updated her website from what I can tell to, to include a section on affordable housing. Um, however, uh, in our interview, she did not seem very focused on that, uh, at all. Um, really my impression of Amanda and, and really nice person, also a very impressive person. Um, she seemed to, really want to fix uh, a little bit of everything on county council, but perhaps some things that uh, the county would not be able to fix. She, I didn't really hear anything about her district. Again, it was, uh, honestly, a lot of what she talked about wasn't specific to her district or even specific to the council. It was more metapolitical issues, environment, race, uh, social issues, a lot of things like that. And um, I, I don't have any issues with someone being focused on those things, but it was a little bit concerning to me that, um, that she thought that the county could tackle all of those things, which I, I think might be, um, you know, without a very specific plan in place and without the rest of the county on board, I think that that could be very frustrating for her. Um, and, I, and I would have preferred 
some of these things like infrastructure, like housing affordability and whatnot, that we know that the county can tangibly tackle to be more of her focus. Um, I did not get that impression when interviewing her. Um, and so I, I for sure will re- be recommending here Liz Seaman, the incumbent um, who does understand how the council works and has been on the council for a while, has the respect of her peers. Um, I believe that if you're in uh, District 24 for county council, I would recommend uh, your vote go to Liz. Um, county Council 25, uh, Ben Carper is the Republican versus Ennis Fant. Um, ben, I, I'm not sure if he ever got interviewed. I, I wasn't in on all of the interviews, but I do know that he really seemed to have a hard time um, uh, comprehending the interview process, which it was pretty simple. We, we just had some time slots and just asked, hey, can the Realtor Political Action Committee interview you? And um, it took him a while to respond, and then when he responded, he didn't seem to understand the request or to have read the email. Um, all in all, I- I'm not sure that he ever got interviewed, and it's a little bit disconcerting that he seemed to, to not understand the process from, from what I can tell. Um, Ennis Fant is the Democrat, um, also an incumbent, and um, he is currently a realtor, and, and so obviously I, I like that, I respect that. Um, and I think that the the thing about Ennis is that he really goes to bat for his district. I've mentioned a few of these other people um, that, you know, seem more uh, county focused, uh, didn't really seem to have a focus on their district. Ennis is the opposite. And, and maybe this is a critique that some people might have of him that maybe at times he neglects the broader county uh, because he's so focused on his own district. I personally don't have a problem with that. I think he's there to represent his district. And even if perhaps he's a bit contrarian at times on the board, I think that sometimes you need that voice. You need that person that might be a a bit contrarian to to bring a different perspective and to give a voice to those who don't have a voice. His district is traditionally, um, you know, for a long time now, has been a bit of a depressed district. So they do need some help. And he realizes that. And he's He's doing everything he can. Like he specifically mentioned, I thought was interesting, how hard he's trying to get a grocery store in a section of his district that where people really, uh, they need a grocery store. And um, and he's got all kinds of numbers where he's trying to court different grocery stores to come there. And it's difficult. It's, it's difficult because there are certain requirements for population, certain requirements for uh, socioeconomic status uh, for these grocery stores to to open up in different places, and he's doing everything he can to do that. Um, and I, I feel like he's a a good asset to the council. Obviously, a great asset to his district. Um, I feel like he's a good voice on the council. Extremely charismatic, extremely knowledgeable. One of the most impressive interviews that we had. Um, and this is a rare instance where. Uh, the political action, the the realtor political action committee was willing to support a Democrat, and uh, that's because he has shown that despite you know uh, a, a lot of the the demo, the people running on on the Democratic uh, side of county council are more focused on uh, social issues perhaps than issues of housing affordability and development and infrastructure. Um, Ennis clearly understands the balance there. And his real estate background is, is an asset to the council. So I would recommend um, Ennis Fant for District 25 County Council. Um, 
Moving right along here to our last county council, 27. This is Butch Curvin. He is the chairman uh, versus Will Morin. I do not know anything about Will Morin, so I will not be commenting uh, on him. I can comment on Butch. Um, he's been on the board for a very long time. I interviewed him. Um, he was by far the most impressive interview, not surprisingly. He has an, an extreme uh, depth of knowledge of the issues, having served on the board and having been chairman of the board, uh, the, the council, I should say, for so long. Um, his district, which includes Five Forks, has really blossomed during the time uh, that he has been on the board, and I think he deserves some credit for that. Um, not every decision that he has made or, or that he has pushed has necessarily been development-friendly, and so as a realtor, I'm not super happy about that, um, but I, I do think that he was listening to his district on some of those things and doing uh, you know, what his district wanted him to do. Sometimes, perhaps, um, you, know, you have to educate your district, but sometimes you just have to listen, um, and I think that he's listened to them, and I can't fault him for that. Um, I will say recently he has made some people unhappy about uh, opposing um, county mask mandates during COVID here. Um, regardless, I feel like um, he is a big asset to the council. I don't think that this would be the right time to vote him out of the council. And so um, I would recommend supporting Butch Curvin uh, for County Council 27. Cast your vote his way. All right, moving right along here. Sheriff, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Hobart Lewis has been an interim sheriff here, and he has done really a phenomenal job. Um, really has has handled the, the protests well, has handled social issues really well, and, and I think he's got our sheriff's uh, department going in the right direction. My understanding is that the deputies and, and whatnot, that they are really on Hobart's side. It seems like he has uh, brought some stability to that uh, to that position and, and to the sheriffs uh, and the deputies in a way that we haven't had in a long time. So I would definitely recommend Hobart Lewis over Paul Guy. Paul Guy is a Democrat. Hobart is a Republican. Um, I will be voting for Hobart uh, come, uh, come November. Now, we have several um, South Carolina Senate races. I'm only going to be commenting on two that I have actual knowledge about. One is District 6. This is Dwight Loftus versus Hao Wu, and I I've, have met both of these, uh, both of these men. Um, Dwight is the incumbent. Obviously, uh, if you're from around this area, you know the name Loftus. Uh, obviously, a very uh, powerful family in this area. Dwight used to be in the South Carolina House for 23 years, so he has a lot of local political experience. Um, he uh, controversially voted in favor of the Confederate flag staying at the State House. Um, obviously, that he was uh, one of the few people that was in favor of that, at least in the government, that ended up being taken down. He's been uh, very conservative on social issues, and... Um, I don't know if this is worth mentioning, but um, just on a personal note, when I met him, um, he wasn't wearing a mask, which is fine. I, I was not wearing a mask either, but um, he, he actually at one point said that he had been kind of feeling under the weather and that it's just something that happens to him every October, um, you know, due to allergies and whatnot. And that kind of bothered me um, because... 
you know, I'm not uh, super fearful about COVID, but um, you, you ought to take other people's health respectfully. And that's just something I, I, uh, I didn't particularly care for when I met with him. He's a Republican. How Wu is the Democrat running for uh, South Carolina Senate 6. Um, and I'll admit that How is a friend of mine, and I know him really well. Um, and I, I would vote for How if I were uh, in that Senate district. But it's not just because I'm friends with him. How um, has a lot of experience in real estate investments, a lot of experience in uh, investing as a whole. He's an entrepreneur. Um, How is a vet. Uh, he served in the military. Uh, he has done a lot to try to support homeless vets, even some uh, rental properties that he has trying to trying to help homeless vets get into his own rental properties, which I think is is just incredible. Um, he's one of the most down-to-earth people you'll ever meet. Just a really great guy. He loves to hear from other people, loves to brainstorm. Um, and, you know, I talked to him about why, you know, why he ran as a Democrat or, or you know, whether what the difference was between him running for a Democrat or, or as a Republican. And he was basically like, you know what, you, you kind of have to flip a coin because he doesn't see himself as strongly on the left or strongly on the right. Um, he sees himself as, uh, you know, someone that has some values that perhaps are considered Republican values, some values that perhaps are considered Democratic values. But at the end of the day, he understands the issues uh, for his district. He understands the issues for the upstate. He's a real estate uh, friendly. He, he would be a real estate friendly politician because he owns investment real estate in the area. And um, I would strongly support uh, you voting for how for SC Senate. Um, the other one is District 12. Scott Talley, the Republican versus Don Bingham. Um, Scott is, uh, and, and I have not met or interviewed either of these people, unlike uh, many of the others that we've discussed. Um, but Scott is uh, an incumbent. Um, he uh, has been focused on transparency and ethics within government. Um, he also has some some good uh, local political experience. He was in the South Carolina House uh, for eight years. He understands that our, our roads need work, and, and he's really trying to focus on uh, Department of Transportation reform. Uh, he's authored legislation aimed at revitalizing the old mills, which I think is great. We all know that uh, Greenville has a lot of old mills that need revitalization and are being revitalized, and Scott has, um, has had something to do with that. And I think that he's carved out a niche and he, he sees that particularly that the government doesn't get stuff done when there's not transparency, when people can't see what the government is doing. And that seems to be a big part of his focus. And I, I think he's done a, a really solid job um, in the South Carolina Senate. Uh, Don Bingham, she is uh, she's an OBGYN. And a lot of her focuses, if you go on her website, if you read about her, are on women's issues. Um she is quite liberal socially, um, even going to the point of using uh, what to me is, is reductionistic uh, statistics on how women earn 74 cents on the dollar that a man does. Um, economists, uh, most economists do not like that math because it doesn't take into account all of the other 
uh, factors that go into why uh, why that number might be true in some ways. That, but um, she does uh, talk about that. She has that on her website. Even goes uh, further and and talks about how African American women uh, make even less uh, money per dollar than a white man, um, and and all that is fine and good. Um, that's just not for me. I I that's not how I view um, the economy. That's not, I do believe in equality and, and equity and all of these things, but I do think that there is a, uh, a pendulum swing that can happen when you're focused on those things, that it becomes your only focus and that you start to ignore uh, some of the other factors that are involved. And she really wants to tackle a little bit of everything on social issues, including climate change and whatnot. Um, I do not think that uh, Don Bingham would be a, a very positive um, politician from a real estate standpoint um, and in some of these other areas. And so I recommend voting for Scott Talley uh, in that election. Um, we move on to the South Carolina House of Representatives. There's a lot of these. And again, I'm only going to talk about a couple of them. Um District 18, this is Republican Tommy Stringer versus Benjamin Smith. Tommy Stringer has, um, has been in the House for, uh, for a while, since 2009, and he has had, interestingly, Parkinson's since 2005. Now, um, I'm honestly, I'm a little bit concerned about his health. He's starting to get up there in age. Um, he had a major surgery a year ago to... Um, that involved his brain in order to help him to, to stay mentally, physically fit. Um, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about those things. Um, I'm, I'm also concerned that um, really his big focus is conservative social issues, including abortion, which um, I'm not personally in favor of abortion. But again, I think that the pendulum can swing so far on social issues on either side of the spectrum that you... Uh, neglects the everyday uh, things that people are experiencing in South Carolina. And so anytime a candidate is their number one focus is social issues, um, usually that's a red flag for me. Um, he also, and, and, and this kind of plays into it, he voted uh, in favor of the gas tax in South Carolina a few years ago, which I was very opposed to. Um, they pushed a gas tax through when um, the prices of gas were low with the excuse that they were going to fix our roads. South Carolina roads are some of the worst in the country uh, by every metric. And we have not really seen a whole lot of improvement. Um, he voted in favor of that gas tax, but then uh, not a whole lot of plan for, for how to use that extra revenue to fix our roads. Um, I, I'm not super impressed with what I've seen from, from Tommy Stringer, and I think it might be time for a change. He's going up against Benjamin Smith, the Democrat, um, I, I think that Benjamin Smith is probably definitely an underdog here, running a what appears to be a very small campaign, um, focused on fixing roads, improving wages, especially among teachers, which I think is great. Our, our teachers need to be well paid. Um, and helping to pass hate crime legislation, particularly among the LGBT uh, community with which he identifies. Um I would say he doesn't seem to have uh, real estate priorities on his list of priorities, so I'm I'm not super happy about that. Um, but I'm not sure that Tommy Stringer does either. Um, 
I'm going to slightly recommend um, Benjamin Smith over Tommy Stringer. Like I said, I think it's time for a change. And that is, uh, that's my feeling on that. That said, I have not met either of these men. Um, I'm not super knowledgeable about that race. This is just a little bit from, uh, from what I know from research that I've done. South Carolina House of Representatives, District 22. Um, this is Jason Elliott versus B.K. Brown. I don't know anything about B.K. Brown, but I know quite a bit about Jason Elliott, having met him multiple times. Um, Jason Elliott is a is a very conservative of a, excuse me a very conservative attorney um, who worked under Congressman Jim Dement for several years. Um, which, if you know anything about politics, you know Jim Dement was about as conservative as they come. Um, Jason Elliott has been in the South Carolina House since 2017. Um, and I, I remember this when he went through his first, uh, Republican primary, there was a lot of smear campaigning going on about, um, his, uh, sexual identity, uh, about him potentially being homosexual. Um, honestly, I've never really heard him discuss it. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. Um, and I think, you know, he ended up getting elected, uh, pretty resoundingly, uh, back then in, in 2016 and, whatever concerns people might have had about his sexual orientation, um, they clearly have, it clearly hasn't had a negative role in his politics. Um, but probably if you're listening to this podcast, you already knew that. Um, he doesn't make a big deal about the identity politics thing. Um, that's not something that he's focused on. And again, he generally stays conservative on, on social issues, um, but he's focused on, on reform just kind of in general, reform of the government, uh, reform of the way our roads have been handled. Again, recognizing that our roads need to be uh, need to be fixed, that we need to fix some infrastructure things. And he's always been extremely approachable and accessible. Like I said, I've met him three or four times. I've I've talked to him. Really, really nice person. Um, I I really like Jason Elliott. Um, no politician is perfect. Um, but I feel like he is the right man for the job. I feel like he's done a good job. And uh, and I really do appreciate that he is just a down-to-earth, approachable person. Moving on to uh, federal government uh, positions, we have the U.S. House of Representatives for District 3. This is Republican Jeff Duncan, uh, the incumbent versus Democrat Hosea Cleveland. Um, who ran last time around as well and lost. Um, Jeff Tung- Jeff Duncan is a Tea Party Republican who has been in office since 2011, um, very focused on conservative social issues and gun rights. Um, he, which, which again, that's not something, the, the conservative social issues, not my, not my favorite thing in the world. That's something that's a big deal to him. Um, gun rights, I, I am pro-gun rights, um, so I'm fine with that. Um, I do like that he voted to repeal the federal income tax. I think that that's something that um, I, I'm anti-federal uh, government income tax. Uh, the income tax was uh, on a federal level was unconstitutional for decades upon decades until the world wars. And then the government used uh, the wars to, to force people to uh, pay taxes out of their income. And, uh, and I don't like that. So I do like that. I also like that he voted for withdrawing troops from Syria. And um, I am for bringing our troops home as much as possible. Um, I think we fight way too many wars overseas that aren't 
helping us that are just depleting uh, our, our nation of money. And so uh, I do like that he uh, voted for withdrawing troops from Syria. Hosea Cleveland, the Democrat running against him, he generally runs on a moderate uh, Democrat platform. Um, he is not super focused on social issues. You can go on his website and see that's not really a, a big thing for him. Um, the one thing that Hosea that I really appreciate is that um, he is for term limits. And um, I, I feel like our Congress, I feel like our Supreme Court, these people, they need to have term limits. They can't just stay in there forever. Even if we have elections every few years, I feel like there, there needs to be term limits so that we can get fresh ideas in there, get some of these people out that, you know, what happens is when we have um, just a handful, when we have a, a few people that have been in the government as career politicians for decades, power ends up getting consolidated with those handful of people. And so I appreciate that he is uh, that he is for term limits. And I would say for this one, it's kind of a coin flip. Um, if conservative social issues are, are a really big deal to you, then for sure you should be voting for Jeff Duncan. And uh, Jeff Duncan, I think there are some good things about him. Um, if you're more moderate on those types of things and uh, and you're okay with with some of the democratic platform, um, I think voting for someone that's in favor of term limits and uh, has who has publicly said that he won't serve more than, uh, I think, a couple of terms, something like this, as Hosea said, I think that um, I think that he would be someone for sure to consider voting for as well. So I'm not going to endorse either of these individuals, um, as there are things that I like for both of them. Uh, probably, if you put a gun to my head, and told me uh, I needed to say who I was going to vote for. It would probably be Jeff Duncan, um, simply because he has actually um, had experience and actually put some of what he said into practice that we can actually see on his record. Um, but Jose is a fine choice as well. Um, U.S. House of Representatives District Four. This is William Timmons versus Kim Nelson. I have met William Timmons multiple times. He's a part of the South Carolina National Guard, an attorney, um, owner of Swamp Rabbit CrossFit and Soul Yoga. He came into office in 2019, and really his main focus has been on that Washington is broken, um, that we need to, uh, particularly in the legislature, to fix some of the broken things in the legislature. He served on a committee that had that was completely bipartisan, six Republicans, six Democrats, to try to modernize Congress. Um, and that uh, committee has made numerous bipartisan attempts to improve Congress so that it is more efficient. And ultimately, so that the president doesn't have too much power. And I really like that, that he's, um, even though we have a Republican president during the two years that William Timmons has served, that he has seen that that president has too much power. And he's trying to restore the the legislature's um, part of that and make sure that that they are doing their role. And uh, and overall, I think he's doing a good job representing the upstate of South Carolina while he's there in Washington. Um, he's also someone that has always come across as very humble, very accessible. Obviously, Timmons, um, you've heard that name before, most likely. Um, you know, deep roots here in Greenville. That's they're a pretty powerful family. Um, 
And I think that Kim Nelson is a pretty heavy underdog. I don't know a whole lot about her, um, but I will uh, for sure be recommending William Timmons. I think he's done a good job. I think he has the right ideas, accessible, humble. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. Um, all right, these last two I'm just going to do very quickly. We have the U.S. Senate, which is Lindsey Graham versus Jamie Harrison, and then the presidency, which is Trump versus Biden. I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds on this, but let me just say this. Um, I've never voted for Lindsey Graham. Uh, I'm not a big favor of his policies. I I don't feel like he's uh, really very conservative at all. I feel like he is uh, way more in favor of, uh, you know, all these wars overseas and whatnot that I feel like we should not be involved with. Um, and Jamie Harrison is really putting up a good fight here and has a chance of, of, of taking this election. Um, and he's running basically as, as a moderate Democrat and very impressive, very charismatic. There's a lot that I like about Jamie Harrison. Um, but I'm, I'm going to endorse just this one time for Lindsey Graham. And that's simply because what the uh, Democratic Party is saying about packing the courts and ending the filibuster and doing these things, I think, are uh, terrible for the country. And I do believe that Jamie Harrison would just fall in line, you know, as a freshman uh, member of the Senate, a freshman senator. I- I'm pretty confident that he would just fall into line. He's already indicated that even even if he's moderate, um, I'm sure that he would uh, vote in favor of some of these more extreme things because uh, he'd need to. His political career would depend on that. Um, and as such, I will be uh, holding my nose and voting for Lindsey Graham because I, I think it would be bad for the country as a whole if the South Carolina Senate went over to the Democrats and potentially gave them control of the Senate and allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do. Um the presidency is Trump versus Biden, and I'll throw um, our Libertarian Party candidate Joe Jorgensen in there because she's from Greenville. She's a Clemson professor. Um, probably you already have an opinion on these three, or on, or on Trump and Biden at least. I'm just going to say this. I, I did not vote for uh, Trump or Clinton uh, four years ago. And I do not plan to vote for Trump or Biden this year. Um, I do not. I I believe that Trump is very divisive and and I don't care for um, a lot of his uh, policies and a lot of his messaging that comes out of the White House. Um, There are some things that he's done that I'm okay with. Um, But generally speaking, it's not enough for me to from to allow my conscience to vote for him. Um, Biden. he just has a terrible political history, in my opinion. You look back on the things that he's, the bills that he's sponsored, the things that he's done, um, not good at all. And he seems like a very approachable person. I went to a rally of his in Greenville last year, and um, and I was very impressed with him as a speaker, as a person. Seems seems really nice. Um, I I do believe that the end goal here is to kind of. Uh, hand the torch off to Kamala Harris, uh, whether that is midterm or um, at the end of of him serving for four years. And I believe that Harris will be just as divisive as President Trump. Um, 
I think that she has a lot of the negative, a lot of things that I do not want in the White House, and I'm I'm not interested in her being in the White House at all. Um, so I I cannot vote for either of those people. Um, I will most likely be voting for Joe Jorgensen, Libertarian Party candidate from Greenville. Not a perfect candidate by any stretch, but she has. Uh, a lot of ideas that uh, I believe are good, and ultimately she she does not want to just grab power like these other candidates do. She wants to give power back to the people, and that's something that I'm in favor of. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Ultimately, you need to vote your conscience. Um, if you have any questions about any of these things, in the meantime, please let me know. All my contact information is in the show notes. And until next time, stay safe. And make sure that you get to the polls early enough that you're not having to wait all day to vote. 